Another episode of the Doom Doom Bit. A couple days late. That's okay. We're rolling right along. And, uh, got a uh, slight uh, update on the heroic <laughs> movie storybook ending of Mackenzie Milton at Florida State University since our last podcast, where I uh, praised his play in their near win over powerhouse Notre Dame FSU. Florida State University has now lost two <laughs> games very badly, uh, one to an FCS opponent, which is like the lower division of college football. So... Looks like it's not quite the uh, <laughs> the ending that we all thought it was going to be uh, there after week one. So, you know, not everybody gets the perfect ending, I guess, is the point. Like, we like seeing it when it happens because it just doesn't happen so often. And it looks like this one is not going to be one of those occasions. Although we still wish him the best. It's still a great comeback story, even if the team isn't winning. Anyway, I wanted to update everybody about that. But we're going to keep Doom Doom bipping along, moving up, uh, even in the face of uh, this whole thing. I recently went to a wedding. Um, my wife's sister was getting married, and so we went to Indiana for that and had a good time, did a little dancing. I love dancing at weddings. I don't know. There's like this switch that happens. Like I'm not not a guy that goes out dancing, but uh, there's like this switch after you've had dinner and now the drinks are starting to seep in where all of a sudden, you know, oh, gosh, he's playing all the hits. So let me go out there on the dance floor and we cut the rug and the kids like jumping around, too. Um, so that was that was a good time. And <laughs> we uh, it's weird when you get uh, to a certain age and and you start like, um, you know, when people the person getting married, the gifts are different, right? So when someone gets married in their 20s, they're asking for all these dishes. You know, you get them a toaster, whatever it is. It's like this here, start your life type gifts. But then when a person gets married, like in their 30s, the assumption is that they have all those things, right? They already have dishes. Otherwise, what have you been eating on for the last decade? Like you already have the toaster. You've got you got the microwave. Like I don't I'm not going to get you the here's just a little something to get you started. People in their 30s are like, hey, give me the cash. <laughs> That's essentially what a wedding is in your 30s. And I've seen it on several uh, on several wedding invitations. In fact, the last several that I've gotten from people in their 30s are like, uh, we don't need gifts, but here you can donate to our honeymoon fund or to our house fund, something like that. And that's just, I mean, just ask for the cash. Just ask for the cash, okay? Do with it what you will. Like, don't don't go this roundabout. It's not rude to say, hey, we don't need, you know, your microwave oven. Just give me the $40. Like, that's not rude, okay? I'm going to give you something anyway. I'm going to spend a certain amount of money on you, okay? And in this case, in the last several weddings case, is like it was also there was travel involved and stuff like that. But then you still got to give a little something. Um, just ask for the cash. I, I, I don't care. I don't care. I'm not your, I'm not your 87 year old aunt who thinks that's uncouth. Also, I don't need an invitation in the mail with a little, uh, 
with a little uh, magnet that stick on my fridge to say the date. Send me an email. Shoot me a text. Whatever you got to do. I don't need the uh, pomp and circumstance of your wedding, okay? I will come and I will give you cash. I do not care. That is not rude to me. I, 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 that's how I saw. That's how I always saw the teacup that I got you, or the, um, or the, um, you know, the the brass handled uh, stovetop, whatever, you know, the 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 uh, frying pan that you requested. You know, like that's how I always saw that. I saw that as a dollar amount. I didn't see it as I'm getting you this thing that you requested on your Target uh, gift list. I looked at it and I go, okay, I'm going to spend 50 bucks. Here's your $50 worth of a gift. Like, I, I never looked at it the other way. So ask me for the $50 and I'll give it to you. I don't care. In this wedding's case, we are all on the same family cell phone plan. We've been on it for years, ever since, like, like pretty much right out of college. We're like, let's get a family plan together, save ourselves a few dollars, whatever. And for whatever reason, uh, my wife and I have been at the head of that. So we are in charge of paying the bill and then collecting the money from everybody uh, each month, which some people are really good about it. Some people put it on auto pay, like we receive the check every month or they just like hit us and we don't ever have to ask. And then a couple of her sisters, uh, you know, miss, miss a month or two. And and uh, I'm not the kind of guy that's going to be like, hey, where's that $45? So I figure, ah, they'll get it when they get it. And one of the sisters is like an every third month type deal. And she'll be like, hey, here's for July, August, September. There's the money. Uh, but then this sister that's getting married uh, or who has gotten married now um, misses, misses, and then will catch on at a much later date. And it'll be she's always paid, but. Like, she's very forgetful. It's not like an every third month type thing. It's very sporadic. Um, and at the time of this wedding, there have been several months of not not coming through with the money. So now, now it does feel weird to give a gift. Like, it feels weird to give a gift to someone who owes you money. Does that make, does that make sense? Does that, is that compute... With that feeling, am I am I wrong here? Do I do I just does the wedding supersede? Does it supersede everything else that's happened so far? Like, oh, you still gotta give a gift on the wedding, uh, <laughs> and so the thought crossed my mind just to be like, hey, here's how much you owe. Consider it a wedding gift, and so her husband can be like, well, this sucks. I didn't do this. <laughs> like, why don't I get something? Um, but, you know, her debt is now his debt. I hope he understands that. That's that's the way I looked at marriage. And I think that's I think that's the only healthy way to do it. Like everything good that you're bringing to this is half mine now. And everything bad you're bringing to this is now half mine. OK, that's the way uh, marriage should be looked at. It's a death pact where you go down with the ship um, and you just say your faults are now my problem. And uh, the places where you excel are now my benefit. This is the idea of a marriage. And if you can't handle those faults, then don't don't make that union. Don't that that's not a union. I know I know couples that have separate checking accounts and they you know their salaries go into separate. I'm like, what are you doing? 
What are you doing? Everything together, okay? Some people now you might say, hey, we make that work. We've been married for 27 years, and that's how we do it. Okay, I'm not saying it can't work, but what I'm saying is I don't think that's the healthiest way to enter into it. I think it's, I think it's better. Like, when I knew that Sarah and I were going to get married, when I, like, knew that was going to happen, it was early on. Like, she had already moved out to Los Angeles. We were not engaged, but I was like, this is, like... I'm I'm making my bed here. This is this is probably going to happen. And she had uh car payment and student loan bills and I'm like and then she had rent and all that. Um and I was like, you know what? I let me pay part of this. You know, I had already been working for several months and eating like a like a bachelor who's just eating bean and bacon soup and ramen noodles, super cheap. I was on the cheap. You know, I was only making like 36 cents a month, so <laughs> I had to do that all cheaply. But, you know, I, I had learned to live lean, and so I had a little bit of cash, and I was like, here, let me let me pay your student loans, uh, you know, in the, in the meantime. So uh, right away I was already, like, putting our money together, essentially, just because I knew – if you don't pay these loans, they're going to accrue interest, and that's going to hurt me later on. So let me do myself a favor. Um, and so, like, it's it's strange to me when people enter in, but they keep their accounts separate. I just don't think that's that that that's not the most powerful way to do it. People are more powerful when they're together as a team. That's that's one of the benefits of being in a marriage. Is uh, you know, two are stronger than one. So let's let's put this horsepower behind together. And so, yeah, anyway, my <laughs> what I was wondering is, can you give a forgiveness of debt as a gift? <laughs> or is that is that cheesy? Is that weird? And by the way, it's more money than I would have spent. It's like forgiving that debt is more money than I would have spent on a gift or just giving them cash probably. So now is it is does it seem cheap to say I will forgive X amount of your debt? I here Fifty percent of your debt is now canceled, because then that's then you feel you are uh, you feel it necessary to remind of the other half of that debt, right? If you say here, I'm gonna forgive fifty percent of your debt as a wedding gift, in their mind, at the very least, they better be thinking, oh, oh, dang it, yeah, that's right, I do owe you that money, and now they owe you as a wedding gift, <laughs> yeah, right? So that feels weird. So I think that's what we decided to do. I think that's what uh, Sarah sent her a text uh, saying, hey, just uh, keep it, but start paying now. Like, but starting now, let's let's get it together <laughs> and, and, and write it in your calendar so you're reminded every month. Um, <laughs> I don't know what the right thing to do was, but I think that's, that's where we landed. Um, oh, speaking of landing... Um, we flew the whole family out there in the middle of, um, in the middle of COVID, which I've been doing that every week. So uh, I'm a little callous to it, but taking kids on there, my senses were heightened a little bit, but it seems safe. People wearing masks, all that stuff. Um, but we went, but we, uh, our flight was delayed due to weather in between Los Angeles and Phoenix. So we were going to connect in Phoenix and then go on to Chicago and there was weather in between, which that's not that far of a distance. Like, I know you can fly planes around weather, and 
And so we we took off like an hour and some late, missing our connection. So now we're stuck in the uh, we're stuck in the Phoenix airport for an additional five hours. And instead of landing in Chicago at one a.m., which is by the way already late, that's already super late to land in Chicago, you know, with kids. But that's only eleven p.m. our time. So I was like, it'll be late, but it won't be crazy. Um, but now stuck there for an extra five hours. Now we're landing. Uh, in Chicago at like 6 a.m. And now we're going to hit rush hour Chicago traffic trying to get out of there after getting our rental car. And like, I don't know. We were stuck there and and Americans like, what are you going to do? It was weather. And I'm like, well, you could have flown around the weather and it wouldn't have been that crazy. It might have taken an extra 20 minutes to fly around that weather here. And... Now I've got a family of five with little kids stuck with masks on in an airport. It just felt like there should have been more. It felt like there should have been some type of compensation. And I know I didn't ask for anything, but, you know, now we're stuck. That's an extra meal and all the places were closed. So all you can get are those prepackaged sandwiches, which are kind of crummy. Um, And you're paying for water. It's just the whole deal kind of stunk. I was just like, I feel like airlines... If it's their fault, which this in this case, I'm going to blame it on them. OK, I'm going to set the blame on them because they could have flown around it. I, I've done that plenty of times. We're like, there's a little weather in between. We're going to, you know, alter our course because they, they told us it's like it's not weather there and it's not weather here. It's weather in between. OK, now, unless you got like, uh, you know, 2000 mile square miles of weather, which I looked at the map, it wasn't. Um, it was pretty small. And I'm like, you could have gotten us there. We would have made our connection flight, and now we're not stuck in this situation because they're not selling food on the airplane. Um, you know, they give you the little bag of peanuts. Although, update, on the way back, they gave us a little bag of corn nuts, which I thought was pretty badass. Liking those corn nuts. Uh, keep <laughs> keep that coming. But I just felt like when when you got a family of five, there, it just needs to be a little more grace on you. They need to, like, give you a food voucher. I know you got... You got prepackaged food back there, American Airlines, somewhere, okay? You got that air chef or whatever he is. Like, bus cart out a few of those. If you're going to stick me in the airport for an additional five hours uh, during all this, I feel like you got to do something. Or come up to us. Can we help you with your uh, your rental car? Can we, when you land in Chicago, can we make sure that they, I don't know, seems like something nice could have happened. little customer service. I guess that's the whole thing, is I would have liked a little bit of customer service over all of this like i know we don't feel like customers in air travel anymore but we still are we're still we're still paying for this and if you're a single traveler it's kind of like you know you can fend for yourself a little bit i still feel like you should be entitled to something but you know you're a single person you can handle your business you can you know internalize that anger i guess just yourself but when you're with kids it's like they're going crazy they don't understand they're upset i'm upset now um I don't know. It just felt like there could have been a step there of customer service. You're a multi-billion dollar company. You're you're raking in tons of money. I paid for five tickets. I paid a couple thousand dollars uh, for this trip. If somebody's paying a couple thousand dollars, like I know it's spread out over five people, but as a family, we paid a couple thousand dollars. It seems like you could have a rep there. You know, making things right. Here, I'm sorry you didn't get on. Here's a free bottle of water and, uh, you know, a wrap or something. 
some I, I don't know it just felt like something and maybe this this whole podcast just turning into me trying to hold society to some standard I'm basically becoming larry david over here without uh all, all the crazy complaints well we might as well continue the uh, the path of me uh projecting upon society what i feel needs to happen um let's go ahead and go down this let's uh talk about um age appropriateness and what uh what i think is the right age for kids to be exposed to certain things and to get certain things i only bring this up because i was i was looking at um I was looking at the market the other day, the the stock market, Just and my kid walked up, what are you doing? And I thought, oh, what a learning opportunity. What a, what a good chance for me to sit here and teach teach our youngest here, not our youngest, but our, our, our little ones, about uh, investing and how to properly save your money and plan for your future, yada, yada. So I told him all about you know the market and different companies and how you can buy shares of them and, and invest for the future and how it could you know be worth more in the future. And he goes, and right away he was like, well, I have, I have money in my bank, in my piggy bank. Can I invest? Uh, and, okay, yeah, yeah, you could. And he goes, okay, I've got $18. What can I buy? So we looked, and I was like, well, what kind of company do you want to buy? And he's like, I like, I like solar. He, that's what he wanted. He's like, I, that's pretty, pretty insightful to want to invest in solar companies. Like, I feel like that's something, you know, moving forward could become very valuable. It might also turn to crap. We might come up with something else. But I, I don't know. I was kind of proud that he, like, that's where he wanted. So we looked up uh, a solar company uh, that, that, sells for under $18. I thought this was kind of a cool little experiment to run with him. And so we found one that we liked and, and we looked at it and we said, okay, here, let okay, you can buy one share of this. So I put it on my account. Um, and, and I said, there you go. There's your share of this. And so then 15 minutes later, he comes up to me, how much is a word now? <laughs> I was like, okay, well, look, okay. Oh, it went up two cents. Look at you. Uh, it's, oh, okay, cool. Um, and then 15 minutes later, how much now? Uh, you know, it's still just up two cents. That's, uh, you, see, you know, it doesn't always go up. And so the, he kept coming back, kept coming back. And finally I was like, you know what? It just, you gotta, it, we're in it for the long term. Okay. You, you take it easy. Like you don't need to check it every, every 10 seconds. And okay. Okay. The next morning, what, what, what's it worth? What's it worth? And we looked it up. Oh, look at that. It went up 12 cents and then, oh, cool. Then the next morning, which was Saturday, how much did it go up? Oh, it didn't go up today because it's a it's a weekend. It's a weekend, so now he's he keeps firing off, and now the other one, the, the my middle child, he wants to know, well, what, what about me? What where's my investment? And I said, well, you haven't invested in a company. I want to invest in a company. Okay, well, do you have money to invest? He, I I got money in my Christmas stocking, and this is money that their grandparents give to them. Uh, every year at Christmas, and it's not a ton of money, but it's a, you know it's too much for a child to like have in their pocket. So what I do every year is I take that and I put it in an investment account, but it's just it's like mutual funds. It's not like a single stock, but it's like I put it in there, and I'm I'm thinking okay maybe one day they're gonna want a car or this is a college fund for them. You know, it's much, much later. And so the question comes, well, he goes, he says, well, I have that money. I I got that money. I was given that money. I said, well, it's already been invested for you. We looked at, but, and so I showed it to him and it's, you know, aggregate over all the years of his life. So it's more money than, 
definitely that he should have in his pocket and that I kind of even wanted him knowing existed. And by the way, we're not talking about crazy amounts of money. I don't want your brain to go wild. But we're talking about a couple hundred dollars. And, you know, I I don't need him out there. And I heard him tell somebody, like he told one of his friends, I have this much money. And it's just like, okay, take it easy. Like that's, it's not braggadocious, but it's weird to hear a little kid say that. So at what age do you tell a kid how much money you make because they that that's what they constantly ask me how okay you you traveled to do comedy how much did you get paid for that and i'm not going to tell them and i've decided that's they're too young to know i remember the day that i found out how much my dad made as a salary and then i i was spending that money in my head for him like and, and even a clear cut situation because I was looking at that going oh well, we got all that money why can't we go to Disneyland you got you made that money and I didn't think about like the fact that we have monthly bills we have health insurance we have food that we have to buy I didn't think about all that I was just like oh we should take that money and we should we should go have fun um, and I still remember the day that my parents had like I don't think they celebrated but I heard them say the house was paid off I heard them say that. And I was probably in junior high, and so I was doing the math in my head. I was like, well, what was the house payment? Oh, it was this. I said, so we have an extra this amount every month. Why do I need my cut of this extra amount. I'd like to renegotiate my uh, my allowance right now, Pops, now that I know you just got this windfall of cash. And, you know, I was maybe in junior high or something at that time, but I was too young to know about these finances. But you know, you look at it and you, I saw Mark Cuban. He talks to his kid. I don't know how old he is, but he talks about him like he's maybe 10 or less. Um, talks to him about investing. He opened him up a little investment account so he could buy a little bit. And he was talking about cryptocurrency and how, you know, they talked about its value moving forward and, and how that works. He said it's healthy for them. So I was like, oh, well, I mean, Mark Cuban's a billionaire. Let me let me teach my kids to be like billionaire kids, <laughs> even though I am just a thousandaire. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know, but now they've become this weird, like money thing and it's disbanded a little bit cause I stopped making it so important. Stop talking to them about it, but I want them to know the value of money. I think it would be a good thing for most, most math classes. Like as a freshman in high school, most math classes should include basics of like investing and debt. They should teach you about debt because many people, that's why you have these, you know, kids that go to college, take out these giant student loans. They don't understand how they don't, how they work. They don't understand that when you take out $50,000, you're going to have to pay back 70 or 80. Like they don't, they don't understand that. So that should be like a freshman year thing. Like let's look at real world. Okay. We don't need to teach you. Most kids don't need calculus. Okay. I have not used calculus. I took it twice. I took it once. Well, I took pre-calc in high school, and then I took calculus in college. And as far as I know, I haven't used it. Like, maybe it did open up a part of my brain that allows me to uh, think in a certain way or problem solve in a certain way. So I can see how there's good in it, but I, I can see a lot more in how there's good in kids getting taught basic finance advice. So I feel like that's that's a step high school should make they should you know in high school they should teach you how to wire an outlet so that when you're in your house you don't have to depend on an electrician they i mean that's a basic thing that they could teach you 
And I, I don't know, there, there are a lot more practical things I feel like we could learn. How to change a tire, like everybody should know how to change a tire. Um, it shouldn't be dependent on the parent to go out and, and take a wheel off their minivan. Um, you know, I think that's something you could do in home economics or something like that. Let's just teach you how to do these basic things that you were probably going to have to do at some point in your life. And boy, wouldn't it be nice if you knew teach you how to do laundry. So you don't go to college like some nincompoop. Um, I don't know. There's lots of things. Anyway, I'm not here to, to, uh, reinvent how, how the schooling system is done. That's for somebody else. Uh, although I do have some thoughts. <laughs> I, I really sound like Larry David here. I've got a lot of thoughts. Got a lot of things that I, I feel like I could I could uh, help with. Um, anyway, so yeah, I don't know when the right time is to talk to kids about real world money. Um, I suppose it's just best to like give them small amounts. I guess that's the purpose of an allowance is to give them small amount of money and have them learn on that small amount. And then they can just expand that knowledge once they learn there's more than like $12 in the world. Um Another question is, well, at what age do you give a kid a cell phone? And I have a lot of personal thoughts about this. A lot of things have happened within our families that give, you know, that inform my thoughts. And right now, the wife and I, kind of where we stand, is it's not going to be before 16. I feel like probably the right one is 17, so they I can be with them for a year before they go to school, so I can teach them to not be a complete moron. But uh, And whenever, I, by the way, whenever I say this is the age... Uh, people with older kids laugh at me. They say, okay, good luck. Good luck with that, Nick. Um, and I just look at them uh, with indignant, happy ignorance, and I say, well, that's what we're going to do. That's how it's going to be, and they know it's going to be hard. It's going to be a fight. I'll bet you some of my second graders' uh, friends already have cell phones, but it just uh, I just feel like it causes more harm than good. Let's learn to live without those things for a bit and i could be ignorant and i could be i could be wrong and we might cave when the kid's 10 i don't know but right now we're holding firm that it's going to be after 16 and i kind of feel like 17 is a good time for them to learn that you know they've got a little bit hopefully a little bit of maturity and they'll be late to the game so they won't you know all their friends will have made the mistakes and told them so, so they can be privy to all those things cuz they're not going to listen to me right they're not they're going to go out there and try and figure it out for themselves unless you have a friend that makes the mistake that's why it's good to have one dumb friend who can make all those mistakes and you learn from them the rest of your friends should be smart and and passionate and goal oriented and, and driven people i think you should surround yourself by positive people who don't uh, blame the world for things who you know take it upon themselves to to obtain their goals i think you should surround yourself by 99% of those people and then have one dumb dumb who you know who gets who gets hit uh because he um uh, he you know he didn't pay attention he wasn't he wasn't looking when he was walking down the bike path and he got run over by a bicycle um oh hold on mom's calling let me see hold on one second hi mom i'm recording a podcast right now you're on the podcast <laughs> hi hi can i can i call you back in just a couple minutes sure, all right bye <sighs> oh mom huff she says doom doom bip well she didn't but she i assume she assumes that you guys know the doom doom bip um let's see here what are we at we're at we're at like 27 minutes i like to get it to the 30 mark 
Um, and I have a few more things to talk about, but I don't want to get myself in trouble. If I haven't already, I don't want to get myself in trouble, but I do want to address this. Um, I do want to address this because I have a lot of feelings toward it. And let me say that these are not completely cooked. Let me give the let me give the disclaimer that my feelings and thoughts on this are not fully hatched, but I have some knee-jerk reactions. That What I'm saying is I don't want to be accountable for what I'm about to say, but I want to say it <laughs> nonetheless. Is that is that allowed in this world? Um, a week ago, there was a mixed martial arts, an MMA fight that took place um, between two women, one of which was transgender. So one of which was born as a man, spent... Uh, um, a good portion of life, and, and until recently, and I think this person, I should have all the facts here. Let me actually, hold on, let me look up the facts. Let me just pause this real quick and look up the facts. Okay, so I was able to pause this and come right back. So here are the facts. Uh, her name is Alana McLaughlin, and she's 38 years old um, and became a woman at age 30. And apparently at age 20, came out as feeling like a woman. So let me just say that I have, and it sounds like she had a rough childhood. Uh, you know, there was some molestation in there and their, and their parents were not supportive of the way she felt. And my heart goes out to her. My heart goes out to her. Like, I think that's a real thing that happens in some people's brains where they feel like something that they don't look like. And, um, you know, without going in too deep with that, my sympathies for someone in that situation. Um, so got reassigned eight years ago and is 38 now and had a fight against a woman in mixed martial arts. And if you watch the fight, which I did, um, and, and not not I, I'm not a fan of MMA anyway. I don't like I have my own feelings about that. I don't really like it. Um, it just is awful violent. I know it's not something I'd want to do. It's not something I'd want for my kids to go into an octagon <laughs> and wait to be beaten unconscious. Uh, but I get, it's very popular. A lot of people like it. Um, and, and, and by the way, I do have a little bit of full disclosure. I do have a little bit of, um, what do they call it when you, uh, double standard. That's not double standard, but it, like, I, I don't like male mixed martial arts, but I, I really don't like female. There's something about two women. I'm just, I don't know if if it's, I don't know if that's toxic inside me that I don't like that more, but I, I'm just of the opinion like two idiot men beating themselves up feels different than two women beating themselves up. My heart like races to protect um, females in that capacity, and it's just weird. I know they're trained. I know that's what they want to do. They should be able to do it, but there's something different that feels inside of me, and I don't know if that's a problem that I have, and I need to get over that. I don't know. Um, it doesn't seem to be hurting anybody, but that's... So full disclosure, I feel that way already. Now when you have a transgender woman in there fighting a biological woman, now this feels a little bit different as well. Like, I, I, I don't know. Like, I realize you have the hormonal therapy and, and you go through that, but this just feels... And and if you watch the fight, the the biological woman had way more skill than this uh, Alana had. Way more skill. If you watch it, Alana was coming at her with just some aggression and, and uh, you know, it didn't look skilled at all. And the other one looked like a trained MMA fighter with, like, the special kicks and special punches. Uh, but Alana 
the transgender woman ended up beating her um by with this choke that is very common in MMA the the choke itself wasn't violent but the the gal was like bleeding out the mouth and the nose um and and when she got choked out she was like basically in a pool of her own blood and i don't know i was just looking at it going this doesn't feel right this doesn't feel right and i know that we want we want uh equal rights for everybody but the being able to compete in uh in something outside of your biological class feels weird especially when it's especially when it's violence like this i don't know there's just something that felt different i don't know how you guys feel and i don't want to be insensitive i don't and that's why i'm saying these thoughts are not fully cooked but there's something about it that did not feel right and I don't want any, like, violence against transgender people. Obviously, they should be able to live the way they want to live. But I don't know that they – I don't know that we should be uh, there encouraging um, them in the, in this capacity. I, there was an MMA fighter who came out and said, um, you know, uh, when when somebody's being beaten unconscious, there are advantages there. And maybe if you are transgender, you know, you should give up certain opportunities and I don't know if that's the right way to put it, but there's some about it that just didn't feel right when you look at it and go, that person was a man until 30, and even though they felt different that whole way and they've had this therapy, I don't know. As a man, I've I've been trained not to hit women. That's like embedded in me. That there's some. I, by the way, it's been embedded to not hit men too. That's why I don't fight people. Uh, but I get it when you're trained and it's a sport, some different, but I, I could not like compete it, just from a uh, moral standpoint. I would not compete against women, even if I felt, you know, like I was a woman. I just, I wouldn't want to do that. I don't know. These are all half cocked. I'll probably get canceled. Probably, <laughs> probably they'll dig these things up in a couple of years when I run for president or something. I'll be like, you can't be president. You said this. I'm telling you, I'm still talking through this. And if anybody wants to have this discussion with me, if anybody feels like they have some thoughts or some insight that I'm missing, then hit me up. I, I encourage it. I encourage us to have, you know, um, a casual, not casual, but like common decency discourse and, and to talk through these things. It's healthy, I think, to think through these things and formulate our thoughts in this void. You know, not everybody can just like wake up one morning and have a fully formed uh, thought and opinion on something. Some people like me have to talk things out and often I have to talk things out with people. And this one is is one of those gray areas that I just feel like, yes, we need to be inclusive of people, but do we need to go that far? This feels a step too far at this point in my mind, and I could be wrong, but that's where I stand right now with it. Um, so episode 92 of the Hoffcast seems problematic. It feels like I, I've stepped in a lot of mud here, and, <laughs> and the egg might be on old Nick Hoff's face at some point, but that's how I feel right now, and uh, I'm open to, oh, dang it, I you know what, I was trying to wrap up, but... Um, I wanted to also say we're going to close on a little sad note that will end with happiness. OK, so with the comedy world lost Norm Macdonald, who was, uh, you know, fighting cancer for a decade, I guess, in silence. He didn't tell anybody because he didn't want them feeling sad or treating him differently. Um, and Norm Macdonald, just a super hilarious comedian. If you don't know who he is or if you haven't seen like his late night uh 
talks where he'd go and sit on the couch next to Conan or something like that, do yourself a favor and Google, you know, Norm MacDonald late night. Watch watch him go on there or like uh, Norm MacDonald saves late night interviews. That's, you know, when he sits there and he's not even the guest being interviewed at that moment, but he's interjecting. He's just so funny and uh, a brilliant mind, and I, I recommend everybody go back and take a moment to appreciate uh, the greatness that was Norm MacDonald. I, I don't think it'll be a waste of your time if you want to check that out. So uh, do that. Um, you know, Rest in peace, Norm. Uh, we'll remember you. And if you haven't seen Dirty Work, super funny movie. Uh, go back and watch that. It was kind of under the radar, but all comedians know it. Uh, Dirty Work with Norm MacDonald and Artie Lang. Uh, Chris Farley's in there for a second. Adam Sandler's in there for a second. It's It's got a great cast. Super funny movie. Um, check that out. Shooter McGavin from uh, from uh, Happy Gilmore is the, the main bad guy. So check Check all that out. Um, and and with that, we'll end uh, episode 92 of the Doom Doom Pip, guys. Keep your heads up. And even though the world is falling off the rails, we're going to keep running forward uh, <laughs> until the finish line, which hopefully isn't too soon. Uh, but you guys all take care. And, oh, check out um, my special. I don't have a date for that coming out yet, but uh, be on the lookout for that. And I've got tour dates coming up. I'm going to be in uh, Tacoma, Washington in October. I'm going to be in um, in uh, Oklahoma City in October. And then in January, I'm going to be near Tampa at uh, Side Splitters Comedy Club up in Wesley Chapel, which I think is just like 20 minutes north. So get those tickets now so that it looks good for me. You know, check out nickhoff.com for all the information on there. And buy those tickets if you're in the area or if you know somebody in the area, be like, hey, this dude's worth checking out. I would appreciate that. In the meantime, be safe out there. Don't forget to doom, doom, bip, and I'll catch you all next week.